0: Amen. Thank you for that. All right, back to the book of Jonah, and uh, do also be praying. Again, we've had several people out sick and people traveling and different things. A lot of folks who are normally faithful to the services aren't here today, and uh, and so be praying. Look around if somebody's missing, uh, just give them a call. Make sure that they're doing okay. Uh, and uh, if it's like, hello, I can't the reception's really bad out here on the lake. Uh, you know and then hang up on them uh, and uh, no just kidding uh, but uh, just uh, be praying for one another uh, that would be good now Jonah uh, is uh, again an interesting story uh, and uh, in one of uh, where we get to the end of the book uh, we're not going to get there uh, we will be just in chapters one and two uh, primarily today uh, but uh, it's really uh, written in third person um, some think, people think Jonah himself wrote it, uh, you know, somebody else wrote it about Jonah, uh, but it really documents um, his failure. Uh, and the failure really comes down to somebody who um, does, um, does the work of God, but doesn't have the heart of God. Because later on we find that he does uh, repent and he, he goes and preaches uh, the message to the Ninevites and a bunch of them get saved uh, and, uh, and he didn't like it. Uh, In fact, uh, we'll read a verse about that here this morning, Uh, but he said, it's just like you, God, to do that. I knew you would do that, I'm paraphrasing, and he didn't want that. Uh, He didn't didn't like the Assyrians. Uh, The Assyrians were terrible people, Uh, and by terrible, I mean they would take uh, Jewish people, and Cut their heads off and put them on staves and uh, light them on fire to, you know, uh, here, you know, we have like little solar things that you can put in your garden to light a path. Uh, the Assyrians would light their paths with Jews. Uh, and, uh, and so, um, you know, for all of the issues that Jonah had, uh, he came about his, uh, his feelings about the Ninevites honestly. Uh, because uh, of, of the time and the day uh, that they were, and they were enemies, uh, not only of the Israelites, uh, but of God. Uh, but here's the thing. God has a purpose and a plan. In fact, he says uh, he's not willing that any should perish. Uh, God, even though we were at enmity with God, we were the enemy of God, God loved us anyways. he commended this love towards us, in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so even those who are against God or against God's people, God loves them, wants to see them saved, uh, and, and He'll save people that we think, you, you know, uh, by the way, if you think somebody else doesn't deserve to be saved, just take a look in the mirror, because you don't deserve to be saved either. Uh, so we all have in our mind, and I preached these passages this way, uh, we all have uh, Ninevites, uh, that we people or people groups or uh, this, that, and the other, that uh, we just assume uh, uh, that God would just zap them uh, and be done with them. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's where, and we don't say it out loud, but we think it in our, in our mind and in our heart. And God knows, God sees anything. And probably one of the most ridiculous things about the story of Jonah uh, is that Jonah fled from the presence of God. Um, good luck with that Uh, because there's no place that we can flee from the presence of God. God is everywhere. He's not everything, uh, but His presence uh, is everywhere. Uh, His eye beholds everything. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. Uh, There's no place that you can go uh, to get away from God uh, and to get away from His presence. But in this passage of Scripture, God's presence and His purpose are intertwined in such a way Uh, that as he fled, um, God had to get him back on track. Uh, And he, uh, in chapter number one, as we begin reading there in verse number one, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Uh, Now, uh, I was thinking about this earlier this morning. Uh, You know, the message that God gave Jonah uh, in uh, chapter number three Um, I don't know if that's the same message uh, that he would have had him preach if he had gone there straight away. I don't know. Uh, But uh, we do know that the wickedness uh, of the Assyrians, the Ninevites, had come before God, uh, and God was going to do something. Uh, And he wasn't going to have anything to do with it. Verse uh, verse 3 says, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, uh, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it uh, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Uh, now, the uh, trip uh, was, um, Tarshish at that time was, was like the furthest place you could go uh, in, civilized, uh, in the civilized world, if you will, uh, be in the southern part of what we now know as Spain. And remember, like when Christopher Columbus and everything, people, they went... Uh, you know uh, this direction, uh, seeking land and everything else. So Tarshish uh, was 2,500 nautical miles uh, from Joppa. Uh, Jonah had to walk, hike, ride a horse, whatever he had to do, the 40 miles to the port city. Uh, got on a boat to go as far away from the presence of God that he possibly can. Uh, for God, and, and, I, and if I was God, uh, I'd, let, I'd let him get to like where you could see the port at Tarshish uh, before business uh, started to happen. I'd, yeah, I'd make them, you know, uh, enjoy the whole trip. Uh, and, but we don't know where along those 2,500 miles that this narrative uh, takes place, but, uh, but it's somewhere along the, uh, along the way. And, uh, and, uh, and we find later that this big fish, and don't let that bother you. The Bible says that God prepared a fish. This was a fish that God prepared for this occasion. People say, well, was it a shark? Was it a, what is a whale? Was it a big whale? Uh, you know, uh, and everybody's trying to, well, could somebody, could somebody live for three days and three nights in the, in the gastric juices of a, of a blue whale or whatever? Uh, and, uh, but here's the thing, God prepared it. Uh, and, uh, and we know it was nasty in there because we read about that. Uh, but uh, don't get hung up on some things like, this is a great miracle uh, in the Bible, uh, but God prepared. And that means that he counted, he, he brought. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, in case I don't get to it this morning, uh, the whole time uh, he's on his way to Tarshish. Uh, just like when Abraham uh, took his son up uh, on that, and the Bible says that God had prepared a lamb. He provided a lamb, rather. Uh, I believe that as they climbed uh, the one side, uh, God's uh, lamb was climbing the other side. God knows. God knew what Jonah was going to do. But we find Jonah in his behavior uh, a little bit uh, uh, concerning uh, here as we read a little bit further. Now, today's message, I want to really kind of um, focus on uh, his behavior, his demeanor, because I feel that uh, it's just like how we get. Uh, When we try to run from God, Uh, and I know scores and scores of people, Christians, people who say they're believers and they love God, uh, who um, they're not in church today, uh, they're out of the will of God, uh, and the term that they use um, when confronted, they say, well, I know I'm backslidden. Uh, and, uh, and that's a term that we would use or apply to somebody who uh, was perhaps on fire for the Lord and serving God in church faithfully, et cetera, and then they're no longer. They've, they've slid in back uh, from where they were before, uh, and, uh, and they're, not, they're not doing. I, I would call them used to uh and, uh and all that kind of thing. We have names. Uh, unfortunately, uh, people will, uh, you know, have a lack of faith. Uh, people will get caught up uh, in worldliness. Uh, they get tired uh, of of serving God, uh, and it could be full well that they are backslidden. Uh, but here's what I believe: uh, I believe that a person who loves God is one of His children, cannot remain backslidden for any length of time, and not be miserable. Uh, And, uh, but here's what, here's what I've said. I've said that to somebody. I've said, hey, okay, you may be, you know, you're out of church and you can call it backslidden or whatever. Uh, And, uh, but man, God, God says some clear stuff in his word that you're uh, violating and you're sinning against God. And here's what they would say to me. Well, uh, I don't have any conviction over that. And, uh, and so, and I just, I just, it's hard for me to just not respond uh, with, uh, with some truth from the Bible. Uh, and the Bible says that when you're his children, the book of Hebrews, that God will chasten you. Uh, and uh, his chastening, by the way, is a, is a sign of his love for us. And uh, God uses the analogy of our, uh, you know, chastening our own uh, children, earthly children, as fathers, mothers. Uh, and uh, so if you belong to God and you get out of sorts with God, God will chasten you. When someone says, I can sin and I have no conviction, Uh, two things are true. Uh, Either they're saying that God is a liar uh, and that his word isn't true uh, or they're not saved and they really don't know the Lord as their personal savior Uh, because if you belong to him, you belong to him. Uh, so, uh, so I believe uh, some of the things that take place in this passage of Scripture are similar to that. So the first thing I want you to notice, and it's kind of like an introduction to tonight's message, so please be back at 6 o'clock, uh, but we will uh, bring a point uh, home uh, here during the, this morning's time as well. The first thing uh, that I've noticed about Jonah uh, in his, his life, his decision, his behavior, uh, was that his defection uh, was deliberate and persistent. Um, he chose, the Bible says in verse three of chapter number one, God, God said, go, do this. And he says, the Bible says, but Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish. Uh, it's, you know, we, we often will say things like, well, a person fell into this or, uh, or uh, what have you. But w- we make choices every single day. Um, he didn't just happen, you know, uh, I was on my way to Nineveh, totally opposite direction. Uh, I was in, on my way to Nineveh and I got on, I got on the wrong boat. Uh, it wasn't an accident. It's what he chose to do. Uh, and, uh, and so we, uh, in, in turn, uh, do the same thing. We make choices. We deliberately, if we backslide from God, uh, it, has to, it, it has to, we like to blame, we like to blame God, we like to blame church, we like to blame pastor. Uh, but it comes down to a person's choice. Uh, you know, when you go to a church, uh, if you believe the Word of God, uh, then you believe that God has a will and a purpose, that He's directed, that He has showed you've prayed about it, uh, this is where God wants you to be. And, uh, and, uh, and there are all kinds of uh, layers to a decision to unite with a church, become a member, serve uh, in that church. Uh, I, as a pastor, uh, I take uh, no credit. Uh, for people who show up and come and stay at Berean Baptist Church. Uh, and, uh, and I very seldom uh, will take the blame for when they leave. Uh, if God lays it upon someone's heart to come to Berean Baptist Church, uh, then I don't have to worry about keeping them. Uh, because they are where God wants them to be. And by the way, when you are where God wants to be and you're in the center of God's will and serving God, uh, then uh, if brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so uh, hurts your feelings, if I step on your toes a little bit too hard, if, uh, if uh, uh, someone gets in your business or whatever, you kind of, you understand that comes with the territory of being part of a church body. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and see in the scripture, the wisdom uh, that comes from, uh, from rebuke or uh, you're a wise man when you listen to it and, uh, and realize that, uh, that it's coming from a place uh, of love. So his uh, defection was deliberate and persistent. Number two, no obstacle uh, was going to stop him. We read uh, in verse four, but the Lord sent a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Now, uh, there was, um, you know, f- for us, most of us, we will travel around uh, in uh, uh, an automobile, truck, car, van, whatever it is that you drive, uh, some people, motorcycles, et cetera, uh, and uh, that's kind of common forms of transportation, uh, and, uh, and we're used to it. Um, we uh, remember when you first started driving uh, and uh, you, the, when you, you would correct uh, on the steering wheel Uh, like you're just like oh oh, oh," and you're just overcorrecting the whole time now you don't even think about it right it's just like a it's like a muscle memory uh you just you're you're just driving and your and your hands are moving I always remember as a kid I'd watch uh, my dad or my mom as they drove and just uh and they were just so easily just kind of doing that but when I first grabbed that wheel I thought I'm going to go off in the ditch on either side but after a while uh, you, get, you get used to it. You take for granted. Uh, and, uh, and, and some things just don't really don't bother you. I mean, uh, traffic. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I was on, uh, on uh, I-5 coming through uh, Tacoma, and everybody was flying. I mean, flying. And, uh, and so it's in and out and in and out and going around and trying to, and, uh, and I've, I've learned, you know, uh, which lanes you're going to get off and you can be in this lane and you know, you're gonna be able, uh, and, and it's like fast. But then I thought back to when I first started driving and how nerve wracking it was to get on the freeway and to be around cars and that fast and that close or semi trucks. Uh, now I can just like drive in between them and, uh, and, uh, and not even look at them because we're used to it. Things don't stir us. These people, one of their primary modes of transportation was boats, ships. And there was a storm uh, that was so bad uh, that, uh, that the ship was like to be broken. And the people whose job it was, who were used to uh, being on the, on the sea, etc., they were, they were scared. Verse 5, then the mariners were afraid And cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But notice the next uh, sentence. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Uh, So uh, he, um, you think about when it says here coming up that they were, uh, they were, uh, verse six. So the shipmaster came to him, said to him, uh, what meanest thou, O sleeper, rise? Call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And so they were, they were throwing stuff, throwing wares off the side of the, so there's a storm, crazy storm. Uh, and in those storms, there's lightning, uh, and, and uh, there are, there's waves, there's noise there's from, from uh, the thunder. Uh, there are, they're, they're throwing stuff, they're panicking, they're praying, and it's probably not, it's like, you know, uh, praying to their gods and asking their gods to like bail them out because that's what people do. They say there's no atheists in foxholes, and so now uh, their life is in peril. And these they're praying to every every one their gods, and uh, Jonah in all that noise is dead asleep uh, in the, the bottom of the ship. Uh, and 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 so uh, when I think about that scenario. It reminds me uh, of the Christian, the backslidden Christian, the Christian who's not in church when they used to be, they're not reading their Bible. They, uh, they just decided that they're gonna let their guard down and uh, they're gonna maybe do some things that they used to be against and, uh, and uh, maybe not stand up for uh, principles that they stood up for before, before. And, uh, and, uh, and when, you, uh, when you say to them, hey, boy, you just need to, uh, this is always the favorite thing they love to hear. You know what? I'm praying that you'll get right with God. And when you say that, um. They don't think they're, they're not right with God. Here's what they might respond with. You know what? Um, I'm not going to church. Um, I'm, not do, I'm not doing things like you do them. Uh, and uh, we're doing our own thing. We kind of have our own faith. And, uh, and uh, we used to be legalists and, uh, and now we're not. And, uh, and all the different things they say, but, they, but, they, but they're trying to communicate that they have a peace about it. Like I'm okay with it. Like God has like God has let me alone, and they measure that by the fact that they don't go to church, and their house didn't burn down. Uh, their, cars, their cars still run, and uh, money still flowing in uh, from work, and uh, and maybe they got some uh, some new toys and uh, some some new friends, and uh, they got all these things, and uh, and uh, and they say, well, uh, I'm not I'm not tithing, and still I have. Uh, and it just reminds me of a guy like Jonah who's asleep in the bottom of the boat uh, with a fish that God has prepared swimming around underneath it. You can't hide from God. Uh, and, uh, and so he had a certain peace about his decision. Number four, he bragged about, or at least uh, he wasn't shy about letting people know exactly what he was doing. Let's read on in chapter number one. So the shipmaster came, verse six, and hey, sleeper, arise, call on God. Uh, and they said, verse seven, every one to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know whose cause this evil is upon us. And so they cast lots and a lot fell upon Jonah. Uh, and so ever, it's like, um, like I've often said, and you've heard other preachers, and you'll hear me say it again, You know, we, we often want to know why something's happening instead of focus on what we do. Uh, and uh, but back in this time, in fact, we're going to read here in a second. Jonah knew that this was his fault. He knew he was running from God, uh, and, uh, and and he says, "Throw me overboard." Uh, so they cast lots, since something that they did uh, at that time fell upon Jonah. Verse eight. Then said they unto him, "Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation?" And whence comest thou? And what is thy country? And of, uh, of what people art thou? Now remember, Jonah was a pretty popular dude. I mean, he was—he was. He was um, uh, you look at the minor prophets and in, in what God has put in the Word of God and who he was, and uh, in contemporaries to like Amos and Obadiah uh, and uh, Micah coming on uh, the scene. Uh, he was—he was well known, uh, and uh, he was—he had a reputation, which was part of his difficulty uh, because he'd been slamming uh, Assyrians uh, and, uh, and saying nothing good about them throughout Israel within its borders. And then God says, go, go, go preach to them so they can get saved. He's like, "Why well, I don't do that. Because in, uh, in fact, jump there real fast in, 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 pa- in chapter number four, uh, in verse number two, Uh, Well, verse 1 says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was uh, very angry. What was he angry at? He was angry that that people repented. Uh, In verse 2, he says, and he prayed unto the Lord. There's two prayers in Jonah. One uh, that he prays in chapter number 2, which is a great prayer. Uh, And then one of the biggest loser prayers of all prayers in in human history uh, is prayed in verse number 2. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord. Was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Uh, see, See, God made Jonah look bad. Because, because Jonah uh, had a lot of things to say in his prophecies concerning the Assyrians and everything else and the judgment of God and God's going to wipe people out. And, uh, and I mean, that's what, that's what the prophets did. They prayed, thus saith the Lord, and uh, if, you don't, uh, if you do right, then God's going to bless you. If you don't, he's going to kill you. Uh, and, uh, and so he'd been doing that uh, and, uh, and had nothing good to say about Assyrians. They were the enemies of God, enemies of Israel. Terrible, terrible! It's not, it's not, it's not Geneva uh, Convention rules for war. I mean, it was, it was terrible. Uh, had no love for the Assyrians. Now I got to go and, and see, isn't this what I said in my own country? God, you make me look like a fool. His, his, his patriotism to Israel, his own personal uh, reputation uh, was disparaged. Uh, and, uh, and we read on, it's like, God, I don't even want to live. Just kill me. I don't want to live anymore. Uh, and, uh, and so, God, and the whole story of the gourd and everything else, and, uh, and he's just an absolute train wreck. Uh, and, uh, but you wouldn't know that when he was asleep in the bottom of the ship. Uh, and, uh, and continuing on in verse number one, and he answered them, verse number nine, he says, And he said unto them, I am in Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. I love verse number 10. Then were the men exceedingly afraid. It's not like, I mean, they were afraid already. They're throwing stuff off the boat. They're praying to gods and and he says, all right, uh, I'm a Hebrew uh, and I fear the Lord God who made the uh, sea and the dry land. Uh, And they were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. Why? Because he told them. And, uh, and so I read that and I'm thinking, boy, isn't that just like some people? Um, they just, Hey, you, know what? Uh, you know, I know what? I know what Berean Baptist Church preaches, but you know what? We haven't been going there for, uh, for five years or ten years or whatever and, and we're, we're okay. Uh, and uh, hey, I just want you to know uh, that uh, we uh, do this and do that. They, people brag about it. When they run from the presence of God, they want to let everybody know uh, that they've done so and that they're okay. You know what? You don't need to go to church. You know what? I'm, just, I'm so blessed with the liberty to know that if I don't go to church on Sunday, that God's not going to strike me with a bolt of lightning and kill me on the spot. Uh, and it's not like what, uh, how preacher, that's what people think. People think, uh, preachers, they say, if you don't go to church, God's going to kill you. And, uh, but when they run from the presence of God, they just want to let everybody know. You know, I, I was, it's by the way, it's a big thing. I can't get into it today, but there's just a lot of people uh, around the country uh, who used to be faithful uh, in churches uh, like this church who are not, uh, who wear it as a badge of honor and brag about it uh, and look down uh, their nose at little poor me uh, who just wants to uh, believe the book and, uh, and live for God. Uh, and so he, he, he either bragged about it, but at least he told them, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm running from the presence of God. And so, so it all clicked together like, all right, this is why this has all happened. Verse number 11. Then said they unto him, what shall we do unto thee? that the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea wrought uh, and was tempestuous. Uh, And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm for you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest has come upon you. Uh, And of course, they were more gracious than you, or I would have like, poof, as soon as he said that, overboard, man, overboard. Uh, and, uh, but no, they, uh, they uh, tried. It says in verse number um, 13, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, and they could not, for the sea was wrought. So they, they gave a, a college try without getting rid of Jonah. Uh, but eventually, uh, they had to. Uh, Wherefore, they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, verse 14, We beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee, so they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. I kind of feel like it was probably instantaneous, like the minute you see it—whether it's his head or his feet under the water whom? calm. God had prepared a fish. We read about that in verse number seventeen. And by the way, a result of this whole scenario was that these men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Uh, And uh, and so, not part of this message, but a message, is that God can use the circumstances of our life, good or bad, uh, the successes, the failures, for His glory. He did it with the Ninevites as a people, the Assyrians, but He also did it with these men, these mariners that were on uh, this ship, uh, to where they saw, and if you, if you, hey, I'm running from God. Throw me overboard. The reason this storm is happening is because I'm a loser. So throw me over, and boom, storm's done. Scariest storm that they had encountered probably. All of a sudden, there's a calm uh, and there's a peace. Uh, if uh, if you were skeptical about Jehovah God before that point, uh, you weren't after that. What God did, that was amazing. You know what we do, but people, um, you know, we we think about signs and we want God to show us this, but Bible says that we wouldn't believe uh, if if people came back from the dead. Uh, And uh, we don't believe what God has revealed uh, in his word, uh, what God has said. And by the way, the further we get away from Calvary, the more messed up Bible versions that we get. Uh, the more pragmatic we get about our religion and our faith and God and curating God. uh, It's hard now today to talk to any other Christian and have uh, an absolute authority being the word of God because everybody's got different ones in their hands. It's getting hard. You can't agree to disagree. Our theology is different because we're reading different books. And so how do we come to a conclusion about what God said when, uh, when we're holding in our hands uh, so many different variations of, uh, of what he has said and what he has not said? And uh, so the uh, seas calmed uh, and, uh, and the storm ceased. But here's the thing, the, the fifth thing, is jo- Jonah knew that the storm was his fault and he and he was uh, and he asked him to throw him overboard. It seemed like he was okay with accepting the consequences for the decisions that he had made. So sometimes backsliders do that. In fact, uh, you know, uh, you could say, um, you know, hey, we've been praying for you, and uh, uh, you know that you'd, you'd come back to, to church, you would get right with the Lord, and uh, and uh, and they know what that means. Getting right with the Lord means repenting, confessing sin. Um, stop and doing some stuff. Uh, it means it means getting back to reading my Bible and praying, being in a local church. That's part of God's plan. Where we're, uh, he the church is what God he created that he ordained it, uh, and it's not it's not just like a an optional choice for children of God. It isn't. Uh, you need to be baptized. Uh, and that baptism comes from the authority of the local church. And uh, you just can't, you just can't you know, have your friend baptize you in the Green River. Um, it doesn't work that way. Uh, it's, it's, it's vital. And so when somebody says, I can just worship God uh, in my own way, it's probably one of the, the, the most arrogant, um, ignorant things that a person can say. Because you cannot Worship God in your own way. You worship God His way. Because your worship, worshiping your, your way uh, is uh, an abomination to God in many respects, even our prayers. And that doesn't mean that a church has got to do everything that we do the same way and on and on. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that if you're saved uh, by the blood of Christ, uh, that God has a purpose and a plan that is, that is um, standard issue. For every Christian, uh, God might have a specific plan for you and what you do for a living or whatever and uh, in your family, et cetera. Uh, but every saved person gets, receives the Holy Spirit of God uh, and they become a living sacrifice unto God, uh, a cross-bearing Christian. Uh, they yoke up with Jesus. They, they read the word of God. They love the word of God. Uh, they get plugged into, it's just, into a local church. That's God's plan. Uh, and uh, But he, Jonah, was okay with, with, with just going out in a, in a blaze of not glory, infamy. I'm running from God. They threw him overboard. Uh, and, and you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking as, he, as he's getting, this is it. This is it, God. You know, uh, and completely resolved. And uh, and I would and again, if I was God, I would I have would have I let him hit that water and start sinking, <laughs> and just before he passed out, oh, I let him think that whole time. I'm, this is it, this is it, uh, this is it, and then then get swallowed up <laughs> right there, <laughs> and a gasp, and and then we have the whole the whole narrative. I mean, I pull I pull out just all right to the last little thing. And, uh, but God, you know, maybe it was just right away. I, I don't know. It was, uh, the sea was calm, but he was okay. And God help Christians, believers, uh, who are okay with consequences of decisions that they've made say, well, uh, I've had people say it this way. I've said it before. Uh, I, might, I might have a doghouse in heaven, but at least I'm going. Here's what they mean. I punched my ticket. I got saved. I'm not living for God. I'll receive no reward, but at least I'm going. Amen. And, uh, and I'm glad if that's the case, that they're going to be going to heaven. But I have a difficult time reconciling in my mind, according to God's word, somebody who has saving faith, but has no faith to live. No faith to endure. Uh, no faith that motivates them to serve God and to do. Uh, and, uh, but this man is just like many other men and women uh, that, uh, that God has got to do something drastic to get their attention. Uh, and so we read that uh, this fish um, swallowed him up uh, and he was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah, the story of Jonah in the whale with Christ and prophecy, one of the most important prophecies, uh, in Scripture, the typology, the picture uh, that God has there of Jesus, and, uh, in the three days and three nights, and uh, and so Jonah prayed, uh, verse chapter number two. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of his fish's belly, uh, and he prayed this prayer, which we're going to get into tonight. But I want to point out one verse from chapter number two, uh, and and bring this message uh, kind of home this morning. Look at verse number eight. Uh, Well, back up verse number seven. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Read that again. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Now, a modern saying or belief or whatever uh, in modern Christianity uh, is God doesn't care what you do, God loves you, uh, and, uh, and just because you, just because you go to, uh, to Nineveh and obey the Lord and what he has said doesn't mean that you love God any more uh, than I do. Read that verse again. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Lying vanities, in the context of this, is speaking to the idols, the, lie, the, va- the vain things that are there. His, his, his vain, his lying vanities was his patriotism, uh, and, uh, and, and, and how that it affected the fact that he uh, would not even minister to uh, people that weren't part of his own nation, uh, and it was his own self, uh, the, you know, um, his uh, his uh, self interest, uh, you know, the things that he had said, uh, and how that that these people and being saved just go uh, against all of that, uh, and uh, when we observe lying vanities. When we observe in our own life, idols, and again, we can spend, it's, it's 12 o'clock, but I could go for several hours and point at all the idols that we have in our lives. It might not be some statue, uh, you know, uh, uh, some you know, thing like that. Uh, and by the way, if you have those like in your house, like if you got like a Buddha that you, like I've gone to mission trips to different places, but I don't get like Buddhas to take home. Uh, and uh, as souvenirs, are you following me? I don't want that in my house. And, uh, and so uh, it's an idol, and God doesn't want us to worship idols. But the, the picture is anything that we put before God is an idol. Anything that we love more than we love God or that causes us not to follow God. He didn't obey God because God said, do this. He went the opposite direction, uh, and he didn't, he didn't obey the purpose of the plan of God for his own reasons. He put His above God's. And so what keeps people out of worshiping God keeps people out it's not just keeping people out of church. it's keeping people out of relationship with God. Uh, and, uh, and I'm not talking about taking a vacation or missing because you're sick or whatever, uh, and it's, it, the manner of some is, it's the forsaking, it's the, uh, and by the way, it starts a, uh i I'm not going to go to Wednesday, and then I'm going to skip Sunday nights, and pretty soon you're a Sunday morning Christian, and then it's a Sunday every other week or three weeks or six weeks, and then, uh, and then pretty soon you're saying nonsensical things like, uh, I don't got to be in church to love God. And, uh, and the whole time someone's been praying, don't go that route, don't go that direction, don't forsake him, don't walk away from him. Don't. Uh, and, uh, and But what happens is, recreation, rest, you, you work 50, 60 hours at your job and you don't want to spend uh, any of your family time on a Sunday morning in a church service. And you'll justify it by saying, I deserve, God, God loves me, uh, and, uh, and, and you even say like, God instituted the family uh, and uh, ordained the family. And I, if, if, if I go to church and I, lo- and, uh, and I lose my family, so I'm not going to go to church. And we have all this circular reasoning and it's craziness. God also ordained the church. Uh, and uh, there's that saying that say, duties never conflict. Uh, but what God intends for us to do is to worship him as a family. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, it's just, my point is, is that we, in our life, curate, make, design, fall into, whatever, we have idols. Uh, and when we observe lying vanities, we forsake our own mercy. We, we, we set aside the hand of God uh, on our life, the blessings of God on our life, His mercy, we forsake it when we observe those things. When we say, when we say stuff like, I don't need God um, uh, I have this, or, um, you know, people say, hey, look at, see this car in my driveway? Yes, see this house? Yes. Do you think I need God? You know, it's, I want to like, duck. But that's the spirit. But it's not just the spirit of lost people. It's the spirit of Christians. When things are going good, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we like to just uh, uh, fall away uh, which reminds me of this saying. It says here, perform when thou art well what thou promised when thou wast sick. And that's what this is about. It's keeping your vows. We just came off a revival meeting where God revives and brings and breathes life into us and we had wonderful messages and they were great. And, uh, and, uh, and just, like, uh, just like the pattern is, and uh, we go through that weekend and, uh, and we get back to the busy work week and then we just get back to not being in church and just back to the, just back to the idols. Uh, And uh, so, um, last point. I'm done. Um, Wouldn't it be great if if God didn't have to send a whale or a big fish, prepare a fish, uh, and you know we know it wasn't a piranha, uh, you know? And so, uh, why are we so stubborn? And unfortunately, um, when I when I watch Christians. They're involved with the world, and they're, they're skirting the, you know, getting out of church, and they're not faithful, and they're missing, and they're just whatever, excuse after excuse after excuse. You know what I'm thinking and picturing in my head? Uh, them on a boat with a big fish circling. And at some point, uh, they're going to find themselves in the belly of it, and they're going to be, oh, God help me, God help me, and I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better. And don't realize that they've probably done that like a dozen times. If they've done it once perform when thou art well what thou promised when thou was sick. Uh, or this way, our prayers are never as earnest on dry ground as they are in the belly of a whale. So the, part of the story of Jonah is just obey God and, and you don't have to go to, they say whale, whale university. Just obey God. Don't have to go to whale university. Uh, and, uh, or we can just, that can just happen. You know, one of the hardest things for me as a pastor is when, when people get swallowed up by whales and God, and God brings them through the ringer for me not to say, or for the Sunday school teacher, or for other Christian not to say, you know what, we told you. Now we begged you, we pled with you. Just like go visit, knock. Hey, miss, send a text. Hey, missing you at church. We love you. Are you okay? Are you doing okay? Is there anything I can do for you? How can I help you? Um, oh, you know, just got well, We're just having a lot of problems, Pastor. I'm like, yes, but this ain't gonna help. And how is how is you know biting the hand that feeds you? How is that gonna help you? Well, I know, I know, but just you got to understand, and this, and I'm like, okay, uh, and that whale's just circling, and pretty soon it's boom. Uh, and, uh, and, they, and they get right, they find this, yes, yes, God, uh, you know, uh, and uh, just as we read about in the prayer that we read tonight, and they get it, and for me to say, you know what? If you just would have listened, that, this wouldn't have happened. And, uh, but we're stubborn like that. So maybe you're here today, and you went through the revival messages, and uh, and God, uh, God, you've promised God some things. He he says that he's going to keep his vows, uh, and so uh, you maybe there's but there's something that's in the way. Whatever it is, it's work. It's your it's your plans. Your you know you're, uh, you know uh, how you're going through your the corporate ladder. It could be some benchmarks that you're trying to get in your life, and maybe it's uh, amounts of money or uh, or this, that, and the other. But something that you've put in the way, when God says do this, and you say, well, no, I'm going to do this, uh, and you think it's going all, you're just sleeping, sleeping in the bottomless ship, and the world's falling apart, and you're just okay with it. Uh, and uh, I want you to realize and understand that in a moment. Uh, In a moment, God can send a fish um, into your life uh, and get your attention uh, like he did Jonah's. But wouldn't we just, wouldn't it be great if today we just gave God voluntarily our attention and said, God, here am I. Uh, I want to be a sacrifice, living sacrifice. I'm going to listen. I don't need to get whooped, I don't need to get chastened. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and and you've been chasing before and so it's just like again if I was gone I'd be like again you know it just you just, you just never learn and, uh, and so I hope that you can take this story uh, and see that connection that you're not backslidden and that you're right with the Lord that you don't have to go through it but that you give it to God even today let's all stand with our heads bowed and, and our eyes closed and Uh, You know, Jonah, uh, we teach it to our children in junior church, and uh, it's a great Bible uh, narrative, and uh, it is a real one. It's not a story, but uh, it's something that happened to a man that God had used greatly, uh, yet in his stubbornness um, made a poor choice uh, and uh, was okay with it until trouble came.